everybody gather, gather near the doctors in the house. So lend them your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron here. The doctor is in the house. Welcome to this live cast on this nice afternoon. Um, welcome to Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, and now in our sixth season. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice. It should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude. And thank you, Daniel, for joining us today. So I would also continually want to thank the uh, uh, staff at feedspot.com for selecting our for, for selecting our podcast to be in the top 50 doctor podcasts on the web. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you, Feedspot. So today I didn't know what I was going to do, and I have notes all over the place. And as I said, there have been no deaths from vitamins. Show me the bodies. And statistics from the CDC. USA, all deaths from 2018 versus 2020. For 365 days of 2018, the death total deaths were 2,839,205. For 2020, for the 317 317 days they counted, all deaths were 2,465,323. Show me the extra half a million bodies. You can check me out at cdc.gov forward slash nchs forward slash nvss forward slash vsrr forward slash covid19 forward slash index.htm. There have been no increased number of deaths. Show me the bodies. Show me the bodies. Let's. We'll talk a little bit about... Uh, the, the developments this week, because it has me quite upset, especially with the fake PCR test, which my regular listeners know, I have been telling you from day one that the test was geared for 93% false positive. And in an indirect way, the CDC now is even even admitting that. But before we get to that, just uh, to blow my own horn a little bit, you know, last week's program was about lead. Number one cause of death in, in, in the United States. And so the Defender, uh, which is a website run by Robert F. Kennedy, guess what they, they printed the other day? 12 million people in the U.S. may be drinking tap water from lead pipes. <clears throat> okay. But we also told you about all the chemicals and cosmetics and, all, uh, and so forth that had 
lead in it. But they, this article goes on to state that New York has 360,000 lead pipes delivering water to people's home statewide, the fourth highest number of any state in the nation. And this was from a survey done by NRDC, Natural Resources Defense Council. New York State has committed, although not entirely allocated, $5 billion in clean water infrastructure since 2017. And to fix these leaded pipes. So you know what you know we're saying. More than likely you are drinking water that has lead in it. The survey revealed the top 10 states with the most lead pipes. Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, New Jersey, Missouri, Wisconsin, Indiana, Texas. Together, those states have nearly 4 million lead pipes. In fact, lead pipes are found in every state of the nation. It's not an urban issue. Rural states have lead pipes also. The this this NRDC estimated that there may be up to 12.8 million lead pipes in the in the United States. Okay, so this problem is not only a Flint, Michigan water crisis problem. Flint, Michigan was only the canary in the coal mine. There is a aging water infrastructure problem. Biden is talking about it. Let's see what, uh, if the rubber hits the road. For, For 40 of the states that were being tracked, they they could not even provide a great estimate of the number of lead pipes in their states. So the NRDC had to rely on a 2016 voluntary industry survey that federal order, auditors called a lower bound estimate. So it was on the low side. So what we talked about last week, is really, a, I guess people are really thinking about it. I'm happy about that. I'm really happy about that. So as I've said, if a medical physicians had strapped on a set of testicles, they could have controlled this whole virus problem easily because they could have prescribed ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and zinc and quercetin and there would have been no need for a jab because people would have gotten better. I've talked about it. I don't have the exact notes in front of me at this time, but Dr. Zelensky and others, have, and especially in France, have used this hydroxychloroquine and have used various cocktails to have amazing results so that people never had the opportunity to go on a ventilator, which was almost a sure death sentence. There are estimates that a half a million people could have been saved if the treatment was initiated early with it. You you have early symptoms. So how do we break out of this uh, chain of medical civilization? You know how many adults as of 2018, had contact with healthcare professionals in the United States. Well, it's 84.3%. You know how many children? 93.6%. You know, you know how many office visits there were in 2016? 883.7 million office visits. And there, uh, there are estimates about college students and mental health. Almost 25% of college students have been diagnosed or treated by a professional for mental health condition. So there is an unprecedented rate of exposure to doctors 
And um, these doctors, I'm afraid, are shaping the minds of Americans. Appointments, tests, diagnoses, advice, prescriptions. And then, we're not going to get into it right now, but how about the toxic effects of the treatments? And how about the wall-to-wall medical ads and other propaganda? As John Rappaport says, that adds up to a medical civilization. So when the bureaucratic physicians tell people there is a pandemic and they must follow their orders, how do you think these people are going to respond? Especially now after over 100 years of Rockefeller medicine, we have the new normal. And we've been living in it for a long time. How many prescription drugs do you think are written in the United States every year? Well, there's a, there's a website, Statista, S-T-A-T-I-S-T-A dot com, Statista.com. It is estimated that in 2019, 4.38 billion retail prescriptions will be filled in the United States, unquote. And how many of us just accept this? That's just the way things are. But do we really have to believe that? Or are we being gaslighted again? Are we being transitioned to a lifelong conditioning of taking drugs and seeing doctors and just do what they say without thinking, without being the CEO of your own body? Could this be a form of mind control? Are the, are the politicians and journalists operating from a bias? Have they been trained this way just to report what other people tell them? Are they going to side with the CDC and WHO and university experts? Is there, does this go beyond the acceptance of science and consider, and we just consider what the experts tell us that is science and nothing else really matters? Is this a form of conditioning? Medical care for everyone. Everyone get the jab. So if you take one of uh, these dedicated people that are dedicated to the medical paradigm, telling that person to take off his mask is telling him to destroy what he believes is a deep lifeline without which he might very well drown. And I do believe that the medical civilization's leaders want us to bow down to whatever they say. Any new virus. Am I making any sense, ladies and gentlemen? So let's just go uh, and just talk about a a couple of other things because this this really uh, gets me somewhat upset, I'm sorry to say. All right. So the CDC, I'll give you the references. They issued a document. That is not only interesting, but has some devastating admissions. The title is, quote, 0721-2021 lab alert. Changes to the CDC RT-PCR for SARS-CoV-2 testing. Quote, after December 31, 2021, the CDC will withdraw the request from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, for emergency use authorization of the CDC 2019 novel coronavirus real-time PCR diagnostic panel. I I skipped a few words in there. The assay first introduced in February of 2020 for detection of the SARS-CoV-2 only. CDC is providing this advance notice for clinical laboratories to have adequate time to select and implement one of the many 
FDA authorized alternatives. So they go on to say that the test is meaningless. They're, what they are saying is the PCR technology will continue to be used, but they are replacing what the test is looking for. A better reference sample, a better marker, a better target, a better piece of RNA, which is supposed now to be derived from the SARS-CoV-2. In other words, as John Rappaport says, millions and millions of COVID cases based on the PCR test in use are now all suspect. Here's a quote from his article. Quote, this is from the CDC. During the early months of the coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19 pandemic, clinical specimens of the virus were not, this is from the CDC site now, clinical specimens were not readily available to developers to detect SARS-CoV-2. Therefore, the FDA authorized tests based on available data from, listen to this word, contrived contrived samples generated from a range of SARS-CoV-2 material sources. For example, gene-specific RNA, synthetic RNA, or whole genome viral RNA for analytical and clinical performance evaluation. While validation using these contrived specimens provided a measure of confidence in the performance of the test at the beginning of the pandemic, it is not feasible to precisely compare the performance of various tests. In other words, the CDC did not have a specimen for for SARS-CoV-2 virus when they came up with this test. Now, do you believe that? So indeed, we had a case-demic, not a pandemic. We contrived, the CDC contrived samples of the virus. It was fabricated. They lied to us. They made up a synthetic gene sequence. that they said had to be close without having the faintest idea of what they were doing. Because why? They did not have an actual specimen of the virus. As John says, we, they, the CDC had no proof there was something called the SARS-CoV-2. And of the 59 different PCR tests, they all told different lies. And the tests obviously are unreliable. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry, be happy, as the song goes. Now the CDC and the FDA say they really do have actual virus samples from patients. Now they have better targets for our PCR tests. And the lab should start gearing up for the new and improved tests. In other words, they were lying then, but they're now they're not lying and they're telling us the truth. Do you think they really now have isolated the virus? Think about it. Another revelation was reported by Dan Dix of the Press for Truth in Canada. And he again states that the CDC and FDA conspired to fabricate a COVID-19 testing protocol using human cells combined with common cold virus fragments. Why? Because they did not have the COVID virus. So if you did not have the real virus, how did you calibrate and confirm that the test had any scientific basis in physical reality. When it's based on fraudulent virus particles. So 
you know, remember we talk about IPADA, in, inverted pyramidal proliferation of theoretical assumptions. If you start building your, your theory on something that's not solid, it's just on the point of a triangle, it can topple really quickly. And the CDC admits viral transport medium to mimic clinical specimens contrived. They had no COVID virus to develop or calibrate the test. So they made up a cocktail, human cells, RNA, common cold virus, and they called it the PCR test. No reference materials. Again, because no researcher or physician or doctor had isolated COVID from any infected or symptomatic patient. So why did they say this test was so important? Why did they recommend people with no symptoms? And they lined up. They lined up because that's the way they have been gaslighted to get this test, to see if they had it. And all this test was, was positive for and, and was a cold virus, a previous coronavirus. And ladies and gentlemen, you know that analytical tests are usually based on something, something positive, you know, they're calibrated against external external standards and certified reference material they had none they had none they made it up i'm not saying the virus didn't exist but the test did not have the virus to be validated and we'll get a little bit into about this spike protein because remember, the spike protein is not a virus by itself. It's simply a toxic nanoparticle. And that can be synthesized, easy for me to say, right? Synthesized. So if COVID-19 is a real virus that can be isolated, why are there apparently no physical reference materials to calibrate the laboratory instruments for its detection. So the CDC, in my opinion, is implying it cannot differentiate between COVID and influenza. Remember those 62 to 67,000 deaths that disappeared last year? They were labeled COVID. Are they going to go into adjust the statistics because they were testing for influenza? Because they basically are admitting that this PCR test cannot tell the difference between influenza and COVID. In preparation for this change, I'm sorry to go on about this, but this was the basis for locking everything down, these tests. In preparation for this change, the CDC recommends clinical laboratories and testing sites that have been using the CDC assay select and begin their transition to another FDA-authorized test. They want labs now to develop a test and use a test that can facilitate detection and differentiation of SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses. Remember, we all thought influenza cases nearly disappeared. They were just relabeled due to faulty testing. Am I making any sense, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, I'm sorry to go on a rampage, but we were locked down and our economy destroyed by a faulty test. 
The medical establishment simply took all people who would normally be diagnosed with colds and the flu and shifted them into the COVID category. And it worked, right? We, they, they pushed fear. They, they pushed mass hysteria. Because in my opinion and, and others, the end result, the end game was the vaccines. So they, they knew how to make the spike protein, toxic spike protein. And they all know that, that uh, the viruses always change so they can have the alpha, lambda, delta, whatever panic they want to start. And people get sick from these vaccines. And then you need more boosters. So more people keep getting sick. So we have, uh, we've been played in my opinion. We have been played like a, a guitar. Let me just talk a little bit about the spike protein, and then I want to talk a little bit about the new math protocol that's, that was uh, released recently uh, from the frontline doctors uh, about how to keep yourself healthy. But think about this from Bill Sardi. He says, if spike protein facilitates entry of a gain-of-function coronavirus into cells, then why are we coerced to submit to spike protein generating vaccines? Remember, the Salk Institute came out with a blockbuster study. They said it wasn't the virus that was causing the problems, it was a spike protein. So Bill asked the question, why are we injecting the spike protein? Why are we injecting that nanoparticle spike into everybody. Remember the spike protein that facilitated this coronavirus because it was a gain of function virus from the Chinese laboratory. The spike protein laboratory created virus got into living cells. So the spike proteins, you know, it's a, they, they enable these spike proteins of this virus to get into our cells, into our lungs. So are we surprised now to learn that COVID-19 vaccinated individuals are getting infected again and again, and over 45,000 of, the, of the, them have died? And did you know the CDC is not testing vaccinated individuals to get sick, only testing those that are hospitalized or die? And did you know that they use a different cycle threshold for vaccinated versus unvaccinated people? We talked about this just briefly, the cycle threshold, the higher the cycle threshold, the more positives. The only country I knew that banned the PCR test was Portugal. They said there was 93% false positives when run over 35 cycle thresholds. So they're doing their, their, they are using only 25 cycles of vaccinated people and over 35 and unvaccinated people. So the shot really looks like it's working. You know, Singapore is, is someplace where they have a high vaccinated rate and yet 75% of the new COVID cases got the jab. The spike protein, ladies and gentlemen, is the disease. It attacks your blood vessels. There's a re, there is a journal called Circulation Research. That's where this comes from. 40 trillion, think of that, 40 trillion RNA particles are injected into your arm muscle called the deltoid muscle. 
And they were all supposed to stay there, but they have, they are finding your, the way into our blood circulation. And because of reverse transcriptase, they can reprogram the cells that line our arteries to perpetually produce spike protein. So the vaccinated, the jabbed people now have a genetically programmed RNA, DNA, spike protein factory in their small article, a small article, small arteries, endlessly producing this and facilitating micro blood clots. There is a test called the D-dimmer and, uh, I think it was Dr. Hoff, H-O-F-F-E. I could be a little bit wrong on the spelling of his name, but he, he's been doing a study in his office and he is finding that over 62% of vaccinated, you know, again, that's a bad, bad word, jabbed uh, patients have these micro blood clots. Only can, it only can be detected by this D-dimmer test. It should be low, a low number. He's getting high numbers. And what happens when, you know, your, your little capillaries keep getting clogged up? You may not find it, any, any symptoms right away. But what happens in 18 months? What happens in 24 months? Well, we, we really don't know because we, we are the lab rats. This thing has never been tested. And anybody that says it's not safe is being uh, banned. You know, they're being shunned. And the whistleblowers, even the inventor of mRNA shots, Dr. Malone, banned, wiped clean. And those that say these are bioweapons, you know, they're, they're identified as the dirty dozen. And the doctors for COVID ethics are recommending, are saying that these vaccines are an unprecedented medical disaster and demanding that these vaccines be halted. And that our medical profession is in complete denial because their, their, their salaries, their research grants are all in danger if they say anything. Of course, the bureaucratic physicians are saying that the blood clot risk from the virus is greater than that produced by the vaccines. Where's the proof? Why are healthy people dying, getting different forms of myocarditis? Why did they not allow natural immunity, which would be quite safer, huh? Why wasn't that the public policy? Why didn't we use hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, keep our interior superior by boosting our natural immunity of our gut? Why were we so committed to the shots? Was it to make more billionaires? Because God knows we've, we've created a ton of more billionaires. Are we worried now that Wall Street would, would crash? Are we worried now that the bureaucrats and those in charge would lose control? What if it turns out that this was a massive medical mistake? So, you know, they are, in my opinion, in the fear and panic business. They want to be the ones to say, we have everything under control. Just take another booster shot. We have everything under control. Wear 10 masks. And they deny the largest Danish study ever done, the largest study ever done by the Danes, 6,000 people that showed masks were worthless. You won't read about it because they do not want you to know.
The Center for Disease Control reveals that anxiety is the second most important contributing factor to death from COVID-19, right behind obesity. Do you think Americans and, and, and citizens throughout the world are less anxious now than they were a year ago? Doctors are talking about major strokes and heart attacks. Not talking about microclotting. But there's some doubts creeping out in, in, into, the, into the discussion. Not many, you're not, you don't see many journals publishing reports on vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia, which you know, let you let you bleed. You don't see many of them because they're, they're they're not allowed. But you know, the Lancet and these journals that we all used to respect, you know, they published that hydroxychloroquine study that showed it was worthless and everything was made up. There was not an ounce of truth in a thing, but it, it got into the Lancet and and I think they got into also the JAM and the British Medical Journal. They retracted it, but still they did not endorse hydroxychloroquine for early treatment or for prevention. What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? As, as writers are saying, the blood clot problem is not going to go away. The doctor, the cardiologist from Texas, uh, name escapes me right now. He continues to, uh, to talk out and, uh, talk, and talk about the microclotting. So microclotting can go on for years. And then what happens? Will you get right-sided heart failure? Because uh, this spike protein li likes the lung tissue where there's ACE2 receptors. Will we see more pulmonary hypertension? Will other organs and tissues suffer from these microclotting? The dirty dozen are, were called out because, because they call these jabs bioweapons. Because they can create a cytokine storm, right? And they are saying that the, this, this type of uh, attack, this antibody attack that has been talked about by Robert Kennedy is more robust after the booster shots. So I will have another podcast and talk about what to do if you have the jab, you know, and, and one thing you, you should be taking is, is uh, Zymescence by uh, Wang Essentials because it is the strongest systemic enzyme on the market and we'll get into that at another time, but I just want you to know the CDC has really been uh, not honest with us. And remember it's a private organization. They have, they're listed on Dun, uh, uh, Dun and Bradstreet with a mission say, statement to buy and sell vaccines. And remember the Fauci, NIH, and NIAD, they all have patents on these, these uh, vaccines and drugs. Remdesivir has been proven to be a stupendous failure, but it was proof, it was uh, pushed by Fauci. And yet hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which have been shown all over the world, especially in India now, to be lifesavers, still on the back burner. So I, I mentioned that D-dimmer test. Let me just, I just found the normals. Uh, COVID-19 survivors have 10 times lower D-dimmer levels than non-survivors. Healthy individuals have D-dimmer levels less than 0 0.5 micrograms per milliliter of blood. 
Okay, so the lower the better. But that that's a that is a test is to uh, determine if you have micro blood clotting going on. So it's almost like we're at war, and the uh, Rockefeller Medical Establishment is is winning right now. I talked to you about how many prescriptions are are prescribed every year and taken by people with drug reactions. Of course, the the FDA is going to talk about drug interactions, but they don't talk about deaths from drugs. Remember, the doctors are the third leading cause of death in the United States. And the U.S. spends billions and trillions of dollars, $8,915 per person on health care. In 2019, $3.8 trillion. Where did I get this figure? I didn't make it up. It's from the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare services. And during Fauci's reign, we have more chronic diseases than ever and our immune systems are so messed up that 50 million people now have autoimmune diseases. Their body's natural immune system is running in overdrive and destroying their own bodies. They're not talking about electromagnetic fields and toxicity from drugs and cosmetics and lotions and and GMO foods and uh, Roundup, glyphosate. They are talking a little bit about stress now, but you you see that I did give you the uh, number of people that die from COVID. If you have stress, it's like 23% increase. So ladies and gentlemen, as Einstein said, the difference between genius and stupidity is that genius has its limits. So please don't let's be don't let's be stupid. Don't let's be stupid. I and I do want to mention uh, because of uh, my program last week about uh, cosmetics and and toxicities. Remember, I asked you, if you don't think that anything you put on your, your body gets into your system, just uh, rub some garlic on the soles of your feet for, for a couple of minutes. And then set a timer and see how long it take, takes for you to start tasting that garlic. It gets into your system. So I was at the beach yesterday. I'm, I'm blessed to live in, in uh, southwest Florida. And I see people with the sunscreens, and again, the, the, the aerosolized sunscreens are very, very, very toxic. If someone's spraying it, you want to get out of the way because you, you do not want to inhale uh, the ingredients that come out of that can because they can cause lung cancer. But the FDA now says that zinc oxide and titanium dioxide are the only two sunscreen active ingredients that qualify as generally regarded as safe and effective. They are mineral-based additives. They're the only ingredients in these sunscreens that have enough data for the FDA to consider them safe. The rest, the rest of the sunscreens are chemical-based. And remember, chemical sunscreens are absorbed. And these chemical UV sunscreens don't stop at the skin. They travel into your circulation. As, as An especially troublesome one to your host, Dr. Ron, here at Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored, is oxybenzone. You know, they actually found this stuff in blood, in plasma, urine, the placenta, even breast milk. Because why? It's lipophilic. It means it accumulates in fat tissue. Just hangs out there. And, And you know what? Because it's lipophilic, it can possibly, not for sure now, but it possibly could 
breach the blood-brain barrier. Even the Academy of Pediatricians, when you go to a pediatrician now, it looks like they come in and they're only uh, sure is to see how many shots they can give you. But even this academy now advises against using a sunscreen containing oxybenzone. It's a hormone disruptor, as I've told you in the past. It acts like some of your endocrine glands. So just remember that. Remember that mineral sunscreens made with zinc oxide and titanium dioxide sit on top of the skin. They are not absorbed. They scatter the sun rays and they do it without toxicity. I'm not going to get into it now, but 74% who got COVID-19 and most who were hospitalized recently had been fully shot up, fully vaccinated, if you want to use that term. Okay, so let's just close with the Math Plus uh, protocol, which is from the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, F. LCCC Alliance. So for prevention and at-home treatment, and they have many, many protocols. But if you think you're getting COVID, they recommend, excuse me, ivermectin on day one and repeat weekly as a prevention. Vitamin D3, 2,000 international units a day, multivitamin, one tablet, And then if you, that's for prevention. If you think you're getting it, early treatment would be 24 milligrams of ivermectin a day for five days, melatonin, six milligrams at night for five days, 80 milligrams, that's like a baby aspirin every day unless you have a bleeding problem. And they're actually recommending an antiseptic mouthwash three times a day, but do not swallow it. Okay, so, but remember, they they also, uh, the other physicians involved also recommend quercetin uh, at uh, 250 to 500 milligrams a day, zinc 30 to 100 milligrams a day. And they're, they're, they're all recommending melatonin before bedtime, averaging around six milligrams a day. So you can check that at uh, F. LCCC Alliance. So there is early treatment that they've had great success with at the at their university hospital. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, that this jab is still an experimental jab. It has experimental use authorization. Words should mean something. Words should mean something. So that's my two cents for today. Thanks for listening. And remember, we talked about it. I'll talk about it on Tuesday again, about the black box warning. I mean, here's drugs have been out for years and years and years. An average of 11.7 years. And still safety events are being reported. Black box warnings are put on drugs, and a black box warning is the FDA's most serious warning for drugs and medical devices. Zeljans, right? Can you go a, a, a couple hours on TV without saying, seeing a, an ad for that? I can't, I can't even imagine how much money they make from that. I do know from what I see here that it has been prescribed for more than 140,000 patients. Black box warning. Okay, thanks for tuning in. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored with a shout out to our listeners in Malaga, Spain, especially Kate, 
Our listeners in uh, Naples, Florida, can, uh, Destiny and Alicia and Laurie and that great crew. And and I just don't want to – I guess what I got to do is get everyone's name down there because they uh, they do such a great job. And all the Marias and the Awilda, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dr. Ron. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great rest of the week. And uh, have an attitude of gratitude and stay positive. We're going to get out of this. Okay, see you again. Hey, everybody, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week